Welcome to Scriptures for Life, a ministry of Trinity Evangelical Free Church in Boise, Idaho. In a troubled world riddled with endless pursuits, we have a place of peace and rest in Jesus Christ. We invite you to join us in worshiping Him and following Him on a life-transforming journey. And now, here's Pastor Lorian to introduce today's sermon. Good morning, dear friends and family. I pray you'll find rest and joy on this Lord's Day. Today we're continuing our study in Matthew 25, verse 20. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here, I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also had the two talents came forward, saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here, I have made two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. For all those of you that have been at graduation ceremonies, those of you that have been in those ceremonies, those that care about the grades that they have received and knowing how they are graduating, there's a whole different feel within that celebration moment. There's three kinds of people that graduate. Those that know what grades they've been receiving and they've achieved what they've been working for, they're excited. Those that, they're just happy they're graduating. They don't care what grades they've been getting. They're just happy to be there. They're ready for the party afterwards. And the ones in the middle, which are not so sure where they're at, they're not so happy because they've not reached what they've wanted. And yet they're thinking, well, I made it. Maybe I can change my life from now on. And there's three different levels that people graduate with within their grades. Yep, you know these, right? The Latin terminologies. You've got um, summa cum laude, right? That's the top, is, the, the, the top and the highest honor. That's 3.9 to 4.0 GPA. You got magna cum laude, which is 3.7 and 3.8, right in the middle. Second place, you've done great. And third, cum laude, 3.5, 3.6. But there's one more I learned when I was in college and seminary. It's the one that's called Lodi How Come. They're just happy they're graduating and they made it. Do you care how faithful you are to the Lord? You remember those beginning days of your children. That first time your son or daughter came home with this stick figurine drawing they brought from school. All sorts of different colors. You got the son, mom, dad, the dog, or whatever. And they give it to you. Or they have a Mother's Day card. And it's the funkiest, funniest looking thing you've ever seen. And your reaction is, oh, isn't that pretty? And you give them a big hug and their face shines. They're happy that mom or dad appreciates their gift. I remember as one of my good friends when I was pastoring the skydiving church, uh, he was the packer. He was packing the tandem parachutes, the most important. That was his life. That's all he did. He had uh, two children, boy and a girl. One day he comes to church 
And he has a testimony. So before the messages were talking, so on and so forth, he gets up and he says, you know, this morning as I woke up, my son took me by the hand and he said, Daddy, Daddy, I want to show you something. And he took him outside and his son showed him this wonderful drawing. It was an airplane and it was skydivers jumping out of the airplane and their parachutes opening. And he said he did all this with the little rock on the side of my Jeep. And he said, I looked at my son. I said, wonderful job, son. That is great. And I'm looking at this guy, admiring his patience, admiring his love. Because if my son would have done that on my car, I don't know if my reaction would have been the same. But this is what this great man said. I saw my son. He pictured out our lives. I remember the day that my son graduated high school, my oldest, and we did not know it, nor did he tell us whether he knew it or not, but upon graduation, he received that yellow ribbon of having cum laude. I was so proud. I saw that he was faithful, and he studied, and now it was recognized. Well, in today's society... We've gotten to a point in place where you drive by, the, by McDonald's and other restaurants and they say $15 per hour. Would someone come and work? And restaurants are closing earlier because they don't have people coming to work. For whatever reason and the way that they are measuring their, the, their life values, $15 an hour is not enough. Just for showing up, you should pay me 30. That's the mentality. We have lost this understanding of being faithful and working for the sake of doing something that is wonderful and creative, building. Today's society wants to be paid just for existing. What does that mean in light of Scripture and how does Jesus see that? And in light of His second coming, in trying to teach his disciples and the people listening. He says, listen, there's three kinds of people. They're all gathered together and they all say the same thing. But only two of these three truly are faithful. And he describes that. We call this the reckoning, a time when you have to stand up and recognize what you have been doing. Has it been faithful or has it been false? Has it been fake? And throughout this text, as we look at Matthew 25, this man going on a journey calls his servants and he entrusts them his property. The fact that we are to recognize this amazing responsibility that God has given you. If you call upon his name, if you are a Christian, if you see you're a child of God, have you realized what God has invested in your life? We're not saved, given a ticket, and sent to heaven on a train. Once you come to him and he becomes your Lord and Savior, it's a new life, new purpose, new reason to live, seeing beyond the here and now and seeing into eternity. Some talk about in a, certain, in a very interesting way about the, react, the reactions of your actions or the consequences of the things you do. Some say if a butterfly flaps his wings in Asia, we're going to get a tsunami on the West Coast. The idea is this. The words you speak, the life you live, you're not just to yourself. It affects people, affects the universe around you. And in this case, the life you live is a life of faithfulness. Or failure before the king, this master. Recognize the importance of the responsibility that God has given you. He entrusted them these talents, these gifts. 
And then we looked at the fact as we move on that he gave one five, he gave one two, to another one he gave one. He gave something to everyone, each to their own ability. And trusting them that they will live up to their responsibility. Do we realize the ramification of our actions? The gifts you've been given. These past three, four weeks that we've been in this text. Have you sought closer into your life to recognize the gifts you have? Do you have the gift of Leading? Do you have the gift of teaching? Do you have the gift of encouraging? Do you have the gift of serving? Do you have the gift of giving? Are you living up to that responsibility? For with it come more blessings. Ultimately, it's not the blessing to receive, but it's the honor. It's the way we say, I love you, Lord. Way beyond words, but with our lifestyle. Now... After a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And here we are in this last principle of this lesson. What's the response? What's the response to the return of the king? It's the response of each of the servants, but also the reckoning that the master brings. It's not what they say. It's what they are giving through and proving from their lives with the time that they had. The fact that he went away for a long time shows that in his wisdom, giving to their ability, he also is patient. It gives them all the opportunity to live up to what they've been given. After a long time doesn't mean he's not coming back. It means, yes, he is coming back. And his coming back, his return, is both in relation to his patience mercy and rewards for we can be rejoicing that the lord is coming soon but as we think about the lives of those that have wasted their lives we say oh lord have mercy give us more time for i know people i love that don't know you lord in your wisdom draw them to you what is the response to this return of the king It says here that he settled accounts with them. We talked about a little bit about this last time, settling, accounting, computing, taking into account and reckoning what has been done with what they received. We talked about the fact that we are saved by grace, but we, each one of us, though being saved, we will be judged by the lives that we have lived as children of God. Here we have in the first verse in this text, verse 19 and 20, we see the rewards. Uh, The Lord recognizes the faithfulness. We're dealing with God's recognition and admonition of their faithfulness. And then after this, we see the fury. And we have the time now to choose which we would want to hear. Verse 20, 21 through 23. And he who had received five talents, and here's their response. He who had received five talents, he came forward with that excitement, that joy. Like that child with a drawing, look what I've done. Lord, I want to give this to you. In the eyes of the world, it has no value. But in the eyes of the Lord, it's worth everything. Lord, look, you give me five talents. He came forward bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered me. You entrusted me. You invested in me five talents here. Here, Lord, I have made five talents more. 
We talked about, you know, have you done your homework? If you have, you're the first one to raise your hand, to give an answer, to show your work to the teacher. If you've not, you're the one that hides behind your colleagues. Oh, oh, take him first. Oh, no, these guys are running forward because they've done, they've done their work. They lived out faithfully. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful, faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I know that. I know what I've given you. And what I've given you has been with a purpose. For I am preparing you. Whatever the Lord has invested in your life is not a measurement of your inability or the fact that you don't deserve it. It's a preparation. It's a training. For we don't live for today. We're working and serving today for what God has for us tomorrow. That being the kingdom. That being even this life, his master said to him, well done, good, faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I will set you. I will place you. I will entrust over you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also had the two talents came forward saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents here. I've made two talents more. His master said the same thing to him. It doesn't say, well, you could only handle two, so that's all I gave you, but thanks for what you've done. No, he says, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little, I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Right away, because he knows them and he loves them and all that he's done for them in their lives as the Lord in your and my life, there's commendation. He recognizes what they've been put through, what they've been entrusted with. God knows and he cares. He says, well done. I'm proud of you in a good sense, right? We can say that you've done well, you're good and you've been faithful. Then he declares so all would know, listen, you've been faithful over a little. I know I didn't judge you when I gave you little. I gave it to you because I knew that was your ability. So when you live up to your gift, you would find fulfillment and joy. And ultimately the Lord receives that glory. And then after he commends them and declares who they are, what they've done, there is a promotion. It's not for the here and now. Listen, I'm going to say you over much. And if he gave them so much to begin with, can you imagine what the Lord had for them? Because all that they did in that moment was for that time. All that you're living for today, the gift God has been giving you, it is not necessarily for the here and now as though it is in touching the lives of others, but the work has got prepared for you. So all that you're suffering, all the burden you're bearing, it is for His glory, for He turns all the hardships into glory and blessings in working in your life and through your life. And there's the invitation, enter into the joy of your master. What is the reward? We talk about when people pass away, well, rest in peace, not biblical. The reward for the work well done is more work to be done because that's the joy. And we talked about the fact that after a long, hard day in the garage or at work, you look at your wife as I look at my, we say, we did good today, didn't we? Yeah, it feels good to have accomplished. But the glory is that in that moment, in that kingdom, in that eternity, there will be no tired bodies and exasperated spirits. The reward for a job well done is more work. 
powerful work, fruit-bearing work. Just the other day, um, I was celebrating, or I was told, and I participated in the celebration of, of a life of a man that you may or may not have heard of. His name was Bob Egan. He, among so many things that he's done in his life, he was the vice president of Boise Cascade Company. And everyone that knew him, they were amazed at all, his, all the things he's ever done. He never stood still, always traveled, always did something. And wouldn't you know that he actually was responsible with the, taking care of the athletes and the housing for the athletes in two different uh, Olympics. And the story goes that because he traveled, because he could, uh, he traveled to South Korea, I forget what year it was, just to, just to be there and to try to volunteer to help uh, with the athletes and, and the housing. And apparently... They didn't know what they were doing in one shape or form, but they saw that he had a, he had a very well-designated mindset. His, the logistics were his forte. So from volunteering to help out with the housing of the athletes, they actually put him in a position to be the director of the housing of the athletes, and then they called him back for two more Olympics. Go ahead, you run this thing. He didn't show up there to get a job. He showed up there to serve. Many people show up to get a job recognition, a position. But when you do what you love, you would do it even if you were recognized or you were not paid. You knew that you did a good job. This is the attitude of these servants. Because of their love for their Lord, whatever they were given, Lord, you gave me five, you gave me two. Lord, I put into, into work, I took it to the investors. Lord, I got five more. I've got two more, 100% return on both sides. A couple of things about these godly servants. They both acknowledged that these were God's gifts. They were God's grace. Master, you delivered to me. Master, you gave me. They were not mine. I did not deserve them. They're given all the glory and recognize that all that they had was given to them by Christ. Instead of counting and measuring to see what you have compared to others, you don't look at them and those around you. You look at what the Lord has given to you and say, okay, Lord, you gave this to me. There must be a reason. I've got to work it. Help me, Jesus, to be faithful. In, these, in their responses, we see appreciation. We see thankfulness. And we see this recognition of the privilege, not the amount, but the privilege and responsibility to serve the Lord. Whatever it is, Lord, you gave me, I'll be faithful. He had given them a purpose and a meaning in life, which is the greatest privilege in the world to serve the Lord himself. Second, they were bold. They were courageous and joyful in approaching the Lord. They were not cowering. Their head was not down. Behold, I have gained. It was not in a boastful spirit. For we do meet people, and even we fall into that failure and sin where we say, well, the Lord help me. Help me do this and that, and we list the whole thing, and we wait for people to go, wow, is that all what the Lord did for you and through you? No, it's not what the Lord wants. Not the kind of boasting in listing out who we are, what we've accomplished, even though we had the right vocabulary, all in His name. No, they were busy. Not comparing, not competing, but just serving the Lord. 
Scripture tells us in 1 John 4, 17, herein is love made perfect. How is love made perfect? That we may have boldness in the day of judgment. We do not fear the judgment. We rejoice in it because we know that all that the Lord has given us, it's been the Lord giving us both the will and the power to perform it. And we like children were faithful. When they approached the Lord first, they recognized that they were given rulership. They were given responsibility to run with the project, right? And the Lord returns with the reward in the same way. You've been given responsibility over little. I'll put you responsible over many things, both in the kingdom and eternity. Second, because of their faithfulness, they're given the joy of the Lord. They were to be ushered into the everlasting kingdom of the Lord where there's nothing but joy. What is this joy? Because he says, enter into the joy of your master. This is, this is the joy that God possesses with his, his own being. In the harmony of the Godhead, the presence and the love of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That joy, which Jesus said, I give you joy. I've come to give you joy. Where does that come from? This faithful servant, servitude. This faithful trust, tr- trusting him. And the fruit, the Lord recognizing that, he says, enter into my joy. And we experience this joy because he is perfect. And his perfection is given to our lives when we will see him and be like him. One way I can explain or describe this simplicity of faithfulness. For something that may seem to be very little and yet a powerful gift, uh, there is a story, true story, and uh, there's a movie or several made about it called Le Choriste, meaning the choir. And it's a story about this, this man that was sent to, uh, to be the uh, principal or the administrator of an orphanage of boys. And they were unruly troublesome boys, always causing problems and fighting. And this man arrives at the orphanage and he wants to change their lives. And he does it by music. He finds out who can sing, who cannot sing. He gathers them all together and begins to make this boys choir. Amazing story, amazing sounds. And obviously the story is being told by one of the boys that actually wound up to be the director of the New York Philharmonic Orchestra. As he remembers, and this boy was the soloist in this boys choir. And everybody wanted to participate once they saw how valuable this group, this family that has been formed within the orphanage was. And there was this young boy, he could not carry a tune if you stuck it to his forehead. He tried singing every note, every level. He would always just tear the whole thing apart. What could he do? But he wanted to be part of the group. So eventually, long story made short, the, the, the man, the principal, the choir director took this young man and says, okay, your responsibility is to hold the music. That's all he did. He sat there before the director, and at times he would hit him on the head as he got, got the kids ready to sing. And it was his job to turn the page at the right time. You have no idea how important that is, except those times when the pages here on the overhead projector are late in some of our songs. You need the words at the right time, right? So all this kid did, and his pride and his joy, he couldn't sing, he couldn't direct the choir. All he could do is hold the music. 
He was part of the family. How blessed we are that we don't have to approach our Lord with dread and fear. The Bible teaches us that He is a high priest that is able to sympathize with our weaknesses. Therefore, according to Hebrews 4.16, let us therefore with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We have been gifted to serve through grace. We have strength to persevere because of grace. And we will stand before Him on that day in the light of His grace and love. Lord, bless and keep you this week as you walk with Him. Serve Him because of His love and trust Him when things don't make sense. All things are working out for your good as you focus your life on Him and you love God. Thanks for listening to Scriptures for Life, a ministry of Trinity Evangelical Free Church in Boise, Idaho. For more information about our church, visit us online at trinityefcboise.org or by phone at 208-322-8801. Our church is located at 1777 North Allenbaugh Street in Boise. We'd love for you to join us for Sunday worship at 11 a.m. Join us next week at the same time as we go through and apply God's Word on Scriptures for Life.